When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Dan Grasso Show, we are live and in living color right here on 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776, that is our telephone number. We got Joe Leo. We got Harvey Cruz. Harvey is happy as a pig, and you know what tonight. You know why? Because he is actually in a redemption type of a situation because his Chinese food is a hell of a lot better than it was last night. Is that correct? The General Tso's, everything is good? General Souls today came in clutch. Redemption has been redeemed. Yeah, redemption has been accomplished. And, and, you know, I tell you, that is a gutsy move on your part. It's like a team or a player deciding, you know what? We tried this strategy last night. It didn't quite work out for us, which is what you did because you had it last night and it was terrible. And then you decided to go right back to the well and try to counteract and defend the team the same way you did the night before when you got burned, but yet it actually worked out for you. Which is very surprising, I must say. But you did go to a different place, at least. Yeah, that's, that, that was the twink. The twink in the strategy is to yes. go to a different place. Yes, so. yeah. You, you, that was the audible. You know, I'm not going back to the same location, so let's vary it up a little bit. We're not going to name names, but nevertheless, Harvey's happy, we're happy, and we're hanging out with you tonight till 9 o'clock. See, we keep adding an extra hour to the show each and every night. Last night it was only an hour, tonight two hours, and guess what? You guessed it. Right? This is like SAT prep. If they do one hour one night and they do two hours the next night, on the third night, guess how many hours it's going to be? Right. We're doing the full three hours tomorrow night from 7 to 10. But tonight it's only till 9 o'clock. Then you got a very important, I would say, game number two between the Lakers and the Golden State Warriors out west. Um, you can't say that it's a must win, of course, for Golden State, but it would probably behoove them to at least respond on their home floor after the Lakers took game number one. So that's what we're going to send you at 9 o'clock. But we got a lot of things to do between now and then. And, of course, you can get me on Twitter, as always, at Dan Grasa, G-R-A-C-A. We'll talk a little baseball later on in the program with our good pal John Harper, of course, SNY, longtime baseball columnist. And that's where we got to start tonight because, well, the Knicks are still a couple of days away before they hit the floor again, you know, because the NBA likes to space out these games. So we're not going to see the Knicks until Saturday afternoon. We'll do some football later, of course. Giants actually reaching deep into their piggy banks to reward one of their own, but it's not Saquon Barkley. It's another important player on their team, right? Aaron Rodgers and all the Jets just taking New York City by storm. Hopefully it stays that way in another five months once we start playing some games, but certainly that move is working out fantastically. But you can't say the same about the baseball teams, right? And thank God, I don't care what side of the baseball rivalry in this city that you support. Thank God it's only May the 4th. And thank God there's only 130 more games to play because right now, both of these teams are really uninspiring to say the least. I mean, we could sit here and get a poll going tonight. Like, which situation do you think is more hapless right now? What's happening in Queens or what's happening in the Bronx? The only difference is, is the Yankees didn't play today. But they're going down to Tampa where they are going to be tested, no doubt. Doesn't matter who the Yankees play, it seems like they get tested. And you can say the same thing about the Mets. Because I know the teams are going to go through their lulls all throughout a long season. I get it. But what the Mets just pulled off 
the last three days in Detroit is really, really worth noting. Because it's so it was so bad that I don't even know if you could try to lose in the manner in which the Mets did to one of the worst teams in baseball. Getting swept in Detroit by the Tigers, the lowest scoring team in Major League Baseball. You know, it was billed as the get-right series for the Mets, right? Max Scherzer was going to come off suspension. Justin Verlander was going to make his Mets debut. All was going to be right with the world. And what better opponent for this to happen to than the Detroit Tigers? Because they're horrible. And they got swept. And they got swept. And today, I mean, I understand a getaway day, at least from an offensive perspective. Like, guys are up there just, like, hacking away, free swinging, you know, get me on the plane, get me the hell out of Dodge. Right? That happens everywhere with getaway day, especially a day game. You expected that. And I know Eduardo Rodriguez has done a real nice job this year for the Tigers. Last couple of seasons have been hell for him. He's been going through some stuff uh, off the field. But he's been great this year. He's been the guy that Detroit thought they were getting when they gave him all that money from the Boston Red Sox. But that's still no excuse to go out there and get shut out and get three hit. Three freaking hits. Mets have been shut out already this six times this year. They were only shut out eight times last year in winning 101 games. They can't get out of their own way right now offensively or when it comes to pitching. I don't know which is worse right now with the Mets, the offense or the pitching staff. Because, and the issue what you're seeing unfold here with this team, when you go all in like they did with two 40-year-old pitchers who you're paying, what, $43 million a year, that they are going to be the backbone of your team and that you were going to have a decided edge when you got to the playoffs because you had these two future Hall of Famers, guys that have you know pitched in big spots, won in big spots. You have all the utmost faith in them. Well, one guy just made his first start of the season today, so you're not going to really make any judgments. I mean, his first inning was terrible today, but at least Verlander settled in after that and didn't give up another run, so you like to see it. But Scherzer last night, and we only had the hour show and we were kind of watching it a little bit unfold before we had to say goodbye. Scherzer has been a disaster. And you can't tell me that, oh, it's only a handful of starts and, oh, it's only 30 games into the season. Here's the problem with Max Scherzer. A, and let's be fair, coming off of the suspension, if Max Scherzer was wearing any other uniform but a Met uniform, and I'm talking to the Met fan here, if he was wearing any other uniform, and that includes a Yankee uniform, because remember what happened to Garrett Cole last year, with the spider tax stuff for two years ago, whenever the hell that was, when baseball started to crack down and the first couple of starts after that were a little bit, let's just say, uninspiring from Garrett Cole, everybody started making these grand assumptions that, well, you know what, the Yankees swung and missed on that contract because they thought they were getting a guy who was going to be using spider tack and who would be able to pitch like an elite pitcher. Now without the spider tack, Garrett Cole is no good. Well, joke's on them. But we were all saying those things then, and you would be saying it if it was any other pitcher in Major League Baseball that got busted. And so for his first start to come off suspension last night, to look how he did against a feeble lineup, that gives you some cause for concern. And oh, by the way, he was pitching terrible even before he got suspended. Right? Before he got suspended, he wasn't that good. Wore down down the stretch last year. And he's not getting any younger. Starting rotation right now for the Mets is an absolute joke it really and truly is I I mean you sit there and you look at the way things are currently constituted with all the money that they have invested 
into that starting five. And I understand that there's some guys that are on the shelf right now. But Scherzer, Verlander, Senga, and by the way, with Senga, I know everybody likes all the merchandising and the ghost signs and all the funny stuff with Senga. Yeah, it's cool. Ha, ha, ha. You know what? Senga is good for about four or five walks a game. He has not been what as advertised he was supposed to be. It would be nice if maybe he was holding up his end a little bit more while these other guys were scuffling. These other guys, as far as I'm concerned, are just placeholders. Whether it's McGill, whether it's Locasey. I mean, Peterson they finally sent down to the minor leagues because Peterson couldn't get me out. You know, Carlos Carrasco might return soon. Oh, great. Boy, Carlos Carrasco, tremendous. You get your fifth starter back. Yeehaw. And it's not like Jose Quintana is going to be some great answer when he's ready to pitch in probably July. Mets got problems right now. This is not the way it was supposed to go. And I don't think we could sit here and wave a magic wand and expect them to all of a sudden have this thing figured out. The starting rotation was supposed to be one of the strengths of this ball club this year. Mets starting rotation is five and a half. Five and a freaking half. There's only five teams in baseball who have a worse starting pitching ERA than the Mets do so far this year. Teams like the Kansas City Royals, the Colorado Rockies, the Oakland A's. Oakland's not even a real major league team. But think about it. That's how bad it is. And they've lost 9 out of 11 games. Forget about the pitching. They can hit. I I, I mean, and isn't it funny, too? This is supposed to be the easy part of the schedule, as they would have you believe. Right? Go to Detroit. Oh, you'll beat up on the Tigers. Nope. Other way around. Then they got Colorado coming in this weekend. Supposed to be easy. Well, let's see. Then you got Cincinnati. Same thing. And then Washington. Didn't Washington just take two out of three from them, by the way, last week at Citi Field, if I'm not mistaken? And they swept the Cubs. Right? I mean, so all these, you know, we're sitting here saying, oh, these are supposed to be the easy games on the schedule. Don't you think the other teams look at the way the Mets are playing right now and say, hey, you know what? We could go in there and win some games. Works both ways. Again, it's baseball. You're playing 162. You still got time to figure this out. But I said it last night. I tweeted it out earlier today, by the way, at Dan Grasa. And I'm going to be saying it again until things change. And if I'm Steve Cohen and it was my 375 or 385 million, whatever the hell it is, it's over 400 million when you factor in the luxury tax. So if it was my $400 million plus, I would like a little bit more certainty for the check that I'm writing, given what I have received in return already from this team. Am I asking too much? I mean, I would think if I'm paying over $400 million and I'm pumping that into a payroll, I think I would probably want something that doesn't have as many question marks as this Mets team currently has. And I don't think that that's overstating things. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. We'll hear from some of the principals after today's game. By the way, great heads-up base running by Brandon Nimmo in the ninth inning. I mean, what the hell was he thinking? Was his mind already on the airplane? Wondering what kind of meal they were going to be serving on the flight back to New York? My God. We'll talk some Yankees as well. It doesn't get any easier for them going down to Tampa, who is playing about as well as any team has done in Major League history to start the season. Like I said, John Harper a little bit later on to talk some Mets and Yanks. We'll do some basketball, get into some football matters as well. Lot to cram into the next two hours till 9 o'clock. Then we send you off to Lakers, Warriors, NBA. It's Dan Gross' show live and in living color right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Gross' show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> 
Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We'll get to the Yanks here in just a second because, you know, they had the day off, but they are not without their share of problems as well. So the Mets get swept in Detroit. Um, You know, they look like they maybe, maybe tried to manufacture something in the ninth inning. Nimmo gets on. You got the tying run up at the dish. All takes his one swing in the bat. And Brandon decides to try to steal second base with one out. And he missed. And it goes without saying, if you're going to try to do something as bold and as daring as that, you got to make it. You got to make it. And he didn't. And it just piles on to just the head-scratching kind of funk that this team has been in for the last couple of weeks here. So here's Nimmo on, you know, how about stealing in that situation? Now there's a second thought, you know, in my head. Now there's obviously that, well, I have been thrown out the one time. So I don't know. We'll have to leave that for another time, but... It's probably not a good chance of it in the near future. Here's the thing about Nimmo. It was surprising that it was him, number one, right? Because he's been pretty good. He's been really good. And the crazy thing about it is, imagine if Brandon Nimmo was not on this team right now. Who the hell would do anything offensively for him? Right? Lindor can't hit his way out of a paper bag right now. I mean, Alonzo's had his moments for sure. McNeil on a kid. But, like, really? Like, who's hit? Marte isn't even close to having the year that he had last year. Nimmo was a guy that we all thought was going to be gone because he would price himself out of New York. And then Steve ponied up the money, brought him back. Imagine how bad this team would be if they didn't have Nimmo right now. And if there was a small silver lining today, I mean, the the, the smallest of silver linings, is that Verlander at least settled down after that first inning. And and he's given a bomb after bomb in that first inning, the back-to-back home runs. Even Even the outs were missiles for crying out loud, to left field, which was an adventure for Mark Canna. But thankfully, he settled down a little bit. I know it's going to take some time from him, but what did Verlander think in terms of, you know, where this team is right now? I think we need to just kind of find our identity. I think right now it's a little, um, you know, we played some really good baseball. I, you know, this series was difficult. We had it, and we had a couple games where we battled like hell at the plate and have come back and, you know, kind of got our hearts broken at the end of the game. And then you know, the opposite happened today where we gave up a couple early and then um, we weren't able to, 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 to fight back offensively. It's, I feel like it hasn't quite matched up yet. Like we've done everything well at certain points in time, but it, we haven't really gone on that run where we start pitching really well night in and night out and start hitting really well night in and night out. And that's what happens. I mean, it's baseball. It's 162 games. It's still early. You know, obviously you, you, you don't like to lose like that, but it happens. I mean, these, you know, it's a major baseball team. Uh, 
just because they haven't had a hot start to the season doesn't mean they're not good. And, and um, I mean, Rodriguez has been pitching well all season long. So um, I don't think it's anything to panic about. I think, you know, notice the grindstone, um, focus on what we can do, and just go compete. Yeah, I mean, that sounds great and all. But again, if this was Atlanta, you could understand it. You know, if this was the Dodgers, you could understand it. It's the freaking Detroit Tigers, right? The Tigers. Miguel Cabrera didn't play all series. And this is obviously a washed-up, done version of Miguel Cabrera. But it's not like it was vintage Cabrera who was in there destroying this team. Hank Greenberg wasn't in the lineup for any of these three games. You know, Kirk Gibson, (laughs) Trammell, Whitaker, you name it. Prince Fielder, Cecil Fielder, it don't matter. And forget about the, you know, Jack Mars got a couple of starts this series that I missed that the Mets couldn't touch anybody offensively. Again, I get it. It's a long season. But for this kind of money and for a team coming off 101 wins that petered out down the stretch when they needed it the most, doesn't give you a hell of a lot of confidence moving forward into the summer, does it not? All right, 800-919-3776. That's a telephone number. Let's get a couple of calls in here. Julian's in L.A. You're going to start us off here on 98.7. Julian, what's going on? Hi, thank you. So uh, I'm really concerned about Scherzer. I think when you when you consider him wearing down at the end of last year uh, and his struggles this year, outside of the one star that he got ejected from, that's concerning. As for the bats, I really don't think that's an issue. They're led by a bunch of young stars in Nimmo, McNeil, Lindor, et cetera. And you expect them to, to heat up over time. Verlander as well, he struggled in the first inning, but it's his first start of the year. So settling in, it is what it is. But Scherzer is, I think, the main concern. And obviously injuries, because the uh, the age of the rotation, plus Senga, you got to consider it's his first time in the majors pitching this amount of innings. There's lots of potential injury concerns with the, with the rotation. That's my concern with the Mets, rather than uh, their lineup. Well, see, I'm not exactly 100% sold on the lineup either here, Julian, and I'll tell you why, and I thank you for the phone call. I thought that that was one area that they left unattended to during the offseason. Remember, all they did was kind of like run it back with the same guys. They paid Nimmo $162 million to return. Like I said, God forbid if he left. You know, you think calling up Francisco Alvarez is going to fix everything? Calling up Brett Beatty is going to fix everything? They didn't bring anybody else from the outside. I thought that last year at the trade deadline, they could have used another bat. And you saw how they fell flat in the playoffs and down the stretch against the Atlanta Braves. So offensively, you still, I mean, look at this lineup right now. After the top five guys, you know, Nimmo, Marte, Lindor, and Lindor's not having a great start to the season either. Alonzo and McNeil. After that, who strikes fear into the opposition? Daniel Vogelback? Mark Canna? You know, Mark Canna, let him do his rec- restaurant recommendations on YouTube. You know, maybe less time doing the restaurant stuff and more time maybe in the cage, getting a big hit every once in a while. That'd be great. They got issues right now. And the Scherzer stuff, look, I don't think it's a case of piling on. There was concern about the way he finished his last two seasons with the Mets last year and the, and the season before that when he was a member of the Dodgers. He wore down pitching for them. And now with this pitch clock stuff, and everybody wants to point to that and say, well, you know what? A lot. How many of these pitchers have come out and said, well, you know what? It tires you out a little bit more. Oh, that's great. So now you got a 40-year-old pitcher who wore down down the stretch the last two seasons. Now you got a pitch clock, and he's going to be wearing down, what, even earlier in the year? And the sticky stuff now on top of it? Can't make it feel good. 
Because this isn't a situation with the Mets where you're talking about a rebuild, right? This isn't, oh, you know what? We'll see what happens. You know, if they make the playoffs, it's a good season. No, 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 no. It's championship or bust. You're paying $400 million for this team. You won 101 games last year. You're giving two pitchers basically almost $100 million to pitch for you this year. It is championship or bust. they got to play a hell of a lot better. You know, I'd give it probably another month before you really, really push the panic button because I think June is probably right after Memorial Day. That is where you start to really take a fair and honest evaluation about how your team is. Remember last year, that was when the Braves kind of kick-started their season into high gear. You know, they were out on a West Coast trip. They were playing the Diamondbacks, and they had like a team meeting and – I don't know, they should have had that team meeting sooner because after that, they really just took off and ended up catching the Mets and they played outstanding baseball. So if this doesn't change, though, for another few weeks, then we can push the panic button a little bit. But for right now, yeah, you wish it could be a little bit better, don't you think? 800-919-3776, that's the telephone number. As far as the other team in town, a lot's been made over the last couple of days about who's to blame. You blame the manager. You blame the players, blame the general manager. Who do you blame? I'll tell you what I think when we return, we'll talk some Yankees. Dan Grasso till 9, right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Don't count us out. Modus operandi from one general manager of the New York Yankees, Brian Cashman, as we welcome you back here at the Grasses Show, 98.7 ESPN. All right, well, you believe him? You take him at his word when he says don't count us out? You think that they've done enough for you to actually have faith in the fact that they're going to get themselves back into this thing? Look. It's not like they're – the thing about the Yankees, and we just got done talking about it with the Mets, if you're going to use the whole it's only 30 games into the season for the Mets, you got to say the same thing about the Yankees. You've got a lot of baseball still to play. It's not as if the Yankees are like the St. Louis Cardinals at this point. You want to talk about a hopeless operation? You want to talk about a team that might actually make a change in the manager's office, maybe just to light a fire underneath some of those guys, even though I don't think that team is well-constructed either. But the Cardinals are 10 and 22 in last place. Yankees are technically in last place, but they're not 10 and 22. They got a winning record, right? The American League East is just happens to be really good. So I think you have to look at this thing critically and say, well, all right, the Yankees have maybe not gotten off to the start that they wanted to, but I don't think you should wave the white flag and say that the season is over. Because the Yankees, you know what? They've already pulled this routine before. Get out of the gates a little bit slow, only to catch fire once you get into June or so, and then we kind of forgot that this even happened. Maybe a little unorthodox for the for the GM to go out there and hold court like he did this early and kind of try to talk people off the ledge, but that's the reality right now. And I think when you just kind of have the tunnel vision and you look straight ahead at what awaits this team over the next couple of weeks, I mean, 
You got some stiff competition. You got Tampa Bay. You got Toronto. 11 of the next 14 games are going to be against the Rays and the Blue Jays. That is not going to be easy, starting this weekend with three against Tampa. And you're not going to have Aaron Judge because he's not due back until Monday. And the Rays are playing historically good baseball. Like, historically good. 26-6, and six, teams don't start off like that. There's only been like six teams in the history of baseball that have gotten off to that good of a start. Now, it doesn't guarantee you anything. Doesn't mean they're going to win a championship, but it means the Yankees probably going to have their hands full this weekend, especially when you consider that the Yanks are less than 100%. And the injuries, to me, is the big takeaway. Maybe even more so with how this team is played and what the record says. Like, why, oh, why, oh, why does it seem like the Yankees are dealing with these constant spate of injuries, it seems like, on an annual basis? And you're talking about some pretty important players to this team. I mean, Judge will be back. I'm not going to lump him into the mix, right? That's the last guy you got to worry about right now. But Stanton, guy's always hurt. Josh Donaldson, he's an older player, you know, 37, 38 years of age. What do you expect? Um, The pitchers. You know, you traded for a Frankie Montas last year, a guy who was injured earlier in the season with the Oakland A's. Luis Severino, who's battled some stuff on and off for the last couple of years. Carlos Rodon, who before the last two seasons, when he kind of resurrected his career a little bit and reestablished himself as a top-flight dominant pitcher, Carlos Rodon's kind of big league story had been a guy who was the third overall pick in the draft out of NC State once upon a time and who just couldn't stay healthy. And he wasn't able to fulfill that lofty draft position. And you went all in on these guys, right? They gave Carlos Rodon all that money. Now, look, somebody else might have, if not the Yankees, but they brought him in to pair him with Garrett Cole to be 1A and 1B atop that rotation. And look, I got lumped in as much as anybody when they brought in Rodon, like I was believing it. I was drinking the Kool-Aid. They finally got a guy now and a couple of guys at the top of this rotation to where I felt good about that starting five, better than I'd felt about it in years. But it hasn't worked out that way. And the guys that are in the lineup, I'm talking about the offense now, they're not hitting their weight either. As bad as the Mets starting rotation is, that's how bad the Yankee lineup has been. So both teams have their own set of problems right now. But can they snap out of it? Yeah, absolutely they can. But as far as the comments, though, of Cashman yesterday, right, and trying to make sense of, you know, what's happened so far, he was asked if there was a move that could have been made that they didn't make that maybe in hindsight they wish they did. I don't think there's anything that was on the table that I could have pulled down that would make a difference. No. So, but in terms of, you know, comments, you know, that you're talking about with Hal on, uh, we're not done. I think we're certainly exploring a lot of efforts with our, you know, if you look at our roster, we're deep on the infield side. And so we're obviously pursuing opportunities from trading from area strength. But if we got the right value, if we didn't get the right value, they wouldn't make sense. So, no, I don't see any missed opportunities with obviously everything that was in play. Yeah, they're so deep on the infield side that they had IKF in center field. Just trying to see if they can fill that void when Harrison Bader wasn't part of the mix. Now he's back, and, you know, until the next time he's on the injured list. You know, we'll see. But, so, you know, what is it? Is it the water over there in the Bronx? Like, wh- why are all these Yankees dropping like flies? And, you know, people like to just give it to the manager constantly, always. Fire Boone, get rid of Boone, Boone's a problem, right? I mean, and Gerardo used to hear the same things before. But the one common theme between the two was Brian Cashman. 
He's been the general manager. He's been the guy here forever. And all these players, all these injury play again, if these injuries never happened prior to them happening this year, you could say, oh, well, you know what? It's just bad luck, right? Sometimes that's, that's just sports. But no, you're talking about guys that you brought in here who have a little bit of a track record as to not being able to stay on the field. And the manager can't just wave a magic wand and go out there and play fantasy baseball and write anybody's name into the lineup that he wants to if he doesn't have available players. Like, so how is this Aaron Boone's fault? You want to get on him for the last couple of nights, you know, getting Herman out of there when he was cruising at the first sign of trouble? Okay. You want to get on him for going back to Clay Holmes last night, trying to redeem his performance and get his confidence back up? Fine. But he's only got so much to work with right now. Really and truly, you know, you can't say that it's the manager's fault that these guys are not hitting their weight and hitting maybe like they used to hit or are capable of hitting. And this is nothing new, too, when it comes to the general manager. I mean, ultimately, that's where the responsibility has to lie. He's the guy picking the players. And more importantly, isn't he the architect of the organizational philosophy about how they want to play ball? How maybe they should run a lineup out there on a nightly basis? What type of players fit the philosophy that they want to impart on the field? That all comes from up top. Brian Cashman's hands are on every aspect of the New York Yankees baseball operations. I mean, he is the boss. He's the guy in charge. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. These next two weeks are going to be interesting for the Yankees against the better competition, too. And I don't expect, like, you know, a wave of guys to be flying off the injured list back into the lineup. Brian's in Oceanside. He's up next. Hey, Brian, how are you? How's it going? Uh, I'm praying that the Knicks go far, and I'm praying that football season comes soon because my panic button is, is, is absolutely pressed. I don't understand. The onus, of course, has to go on Cashman, a big a big part of it. Boone, I don't think, I think he's getting too much. But when's the onus going to be on the players? I mean, come on, you have four months off. How? You, what are you guys doing in the offseason that is getting yourself hurt? You guys make more money in one game than most people do in a year. What are you guys doing to get hurt? You're a professional athlete, and it drives me nuts. Stay on the field. I don't understand it. Brian, you're not wrong, and look, it's an inexact science right now, and thanks for the phone call, because it's happening all over the league. You know, guys are dropping like flies all around Major League Baseball. Now, you can't sit here. I'm not going to sit here and go all in on the theory that it's the pitch clock and that these games are faster and these guys can't adapt, and that's why all the injuries are taking place. That's nonsense. You know, baseball's baseball, sports are sports. But at the same token, you know, they're another team that's their payroll is pretty significant. And the Yankees right now have some deficiencies just like the Mets do. And you got to wonder, well, is this roster constructed as well as it possibly could? And then you look at a team, for example, like Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, whose payroll is a fraction of what the Mets and the Yankees are paying their players. And oh, by the way, they're off to a historic start. Historic. So something's got to give there. It is possible. It's not just the team that spends the most money that's going to win. I mean, geez, look at a team like the Pittsburgh Pirates, for crying out loud. I know that they've kind of hit a little bit of a funk here, but Pittsburgh is in first place. I could reach into my pocket and basically give you the Pirates payroll right there. 
Matt's in New Jersey. He's up next here on 98.7. Matt, how are you? I'm good, Dan. Thanks for taking the call. Uh, first, go Jets. But I want to get into this Yankee situation. This is not a new phenomenon with this team. You know, I look back. They started guys like Zoilo Almonte and Jan Hervis Solarte and Donovan wow. Solano. <laughs> and, and this has been going back for 10 years. And it's, 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 it's every couple of years they catch lightning in a bottle. You get a Trevino, you get an Urshela, you get a, a Talkman who gets hot and they're able to ca- help carry the roster for a couple of weeks. And you're not too big of a hole in July, but now you're playing wild card race for the rest of the season. And this is attributed to this fact that this team, since the year 2000, has now two first-round draft picks, three if you count Garrett Cole, who didn't sign with them, but who've made the major leagues in, in 23 years. The, you know who doesn't get hurt? is guys in their, like, 24 to 30 range. But when you're building this team with retreads from other teams who got rid of these guys because they're injured, you're going to end up with, a handful of guys out every single year. And the fact of the matter is this team had a window to win a World Series, and it was when Judge and all these young guys came up and they were you were paying them $800,000 a year, and they wouldn't break the bank. And one of the guys that they should have went after then was Donaldson, and they didn't want to do it because they didn't want to be tied to him for six years. Here they are at the end of Donaldson's contract for the years they didn't want, but they were so hung up because they were – Worried because they paid Jacoby Ellsbury and they had him on the bench, or him him tied up on the bench. This team, and it starts from the top, is built just good enough to win to keep people in the seats. But they really hope that people keep paying the root for the laundry. And until Lon and Randy start seeing it in the pocketbook, there's nothing that's going to change about the way that they're operating. I'll tell you something, and Matt, thanks for the phone call. I I still believe, and again, you need these guys in the lineup, you need them healthy. I still believe the Yankees have enough to win. I told you, in the offseason, I was all in on this team. When they went out there and they got Rodon done, I said, all right, this might be the time. This might be the year. But that was also before you you found out about Montas who apparently was hurt the entire offseason, but then he decided, you know, a week before spring training, oh, you know, I better better go get this thing checked out. You know, I got a few aches and pains, right? And before everybody else started dropping like flies. The thing with Rodon that is so puzzling, remember, he had a forearm issue early on that kept him sidelined, and all of a sudden, like, a back issue flared up while he was rehabbing the forearm. So, I mean, that stuff to me you can't make up. But the reality is with the Yankees, at least offensively, remember something. Aaron Judge had a season for the ages last year, for the ages, and he was carrying that offense on his back, especially down the stretch. And the other guy who was doing some really good things for them, and you talk about low-risk, high-reward, that was Matt Carpenter. They took a flyer on Matt Carpenter because he was just toiling in the minor leagues with the Texas Rangers, and he came in, and he had a phenomenal year for him. And then Matt Carpenter got hurt, and then all of a sudden, teams looked at the Yankees and were like, well, wait. Why should we let Aaron Judge beat us? Nobody else in this lineup scares us. That's what the problem is. And you had to at least expect some sort of a regression when it came to Judge. He was not going to go out there this year and hit 62 home runs again. Completely unrealistic. So that means other players have to step up and do their part. And have they? Have they? 800-919-3776. We'll get to some football and some Knicks. In hour number two, Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. 
This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Taking it right until 9 o'clock. Then you got a game number two tonight between the Lakers and the Dubs out in the Bay Area. We'll talk some baseball a little bit later on with our pal John Harper of SNY. So, I don't know if you guys saw this. Last weekend, Giants and the Padres, they played a series down in Mexico City. They played Saturday, Sunday, and... At least for the first game, the ball was like flying out of the ballpark. The, the final score was 16 to 11. It was like home run, you know, home run derby galore because they, they got the altitude down there. Might as well, it's like Coors Field South. So, among other things, you know, it's an adjustment and so on and so forth. And, you know, the Giants, they went right from the series in Mexico City down to Houston to play the Astros. And they actually, you know, collected themselves a little bit. They were in the midst of a four-game losing streak, and they actually won the last couple of games, and now they're going to be heading home starting tomorrow to begin, you know, a homestand. But they were able to gather themselves here, and Logan Webb is, of course, their their ace, if you will, you know, their number one starting pitcher. And just trying to describe, you know, where things have gone for this team over the last week and, you know, the journey that they've been on. Uh, He was maybe, I don't know, maybe a little bit too revealing. I don't know. Here's Logan Webb. The whole trip was very grindy, I guess. Like it was, it's been, it's been a mental grind. It's been a physical grind. I think uh, three quarters of our clubhouse has the so, like, it's, it's not like it's, it's been a mental and physical just like, grind. So, um, it'll be good to get back home for sure. Hopefully, away. You know, I, uh, we'll be better in a couple of days, but. Uh, it's yeah happy happy we were able to come out of this with the, the last two wins yeah. now I think we could all sympathize with that right I I, I, I don't want to poop on myself everybody nobody does and that's the risk you run whenever you go play games or forget about playing games but in this case we're talking about sports like you know you visit another country I mean that that's that's gonna happen you know your body's adjusting especially if you have you know water entering your system that you're not accustomed to drinking I mean that that that's unfortunately going to be the case sometimes here. And I don't think Major League Baseball and Rob Manford or whatever, I don't think they're sitting up at, you know, the Emerald City there when they decided to schedule the weekend series in Mexico City and they thought, well, you know what, some of the players are, you know, maybe going to have to be running back and forth to the bathroom for the next few days. We had a good solid poop yesterday. Solid. Very solid. But you just don't want it to get in the way of the game. So, you know what, for the fact that the Giants to be able to overcome the two bad games against San Diego, to be able to overcome whatever was ailing them digestive-wise, and for them to kind of right the ship a little bit and go into Houston and win a couple of games, good for them. Good for them. And you know what? Good for Logan Webb, too. Good for Logan Webb. Kind of just, uh, you know, peeling back the curtain, if you will. Some of these athletes are so buttoned up. You know, you don't get any good, you don't get any good quotes. That's a money quote. I don't know if you might get a better quote from any player for the remainder of this baseball season, and we still got five months still to go. That is hands down the leader in the clubhouse. It's tremendous. You guys ever been to Mexico? Either one of you? I haven't. No, me neither. Harvey, no? No, I've not gone. Nope. I don't know if I want to go after what the Well, Giants that's what I mean. I, I, I don't think that the Logan Webb clip is going to be played in, like, tourism commercials to, like, come visit Mexico. I, I, I just I, – I think they'll probably leave that one out. That'll also, be on the cutting room floor. You're in a Major League Baseball team. Where are they eating? Where are Bart. they staying? Bart. I, it, it, I, don't, I don't even think it's that. 
it doesn't even necessarily have to be the food. Like I said, like your body like freaks out sometimes. Like if you, you go to a, you know, out of the country, it happens. Like the water, for example, you know. They had uh, 35 runs, 31, uh, excuse me, 35 runs, 33 passes. <laughs> That's, wow. <laughs> so wait a sec, how many guys are, um, how many guys are on the team? 26? And he said three quarters? Three quarters of the team. All right, so let's do some math. So that's roughly about, you know, six, six and a half players. So so eight. Him and I are not fart bros. So like 18 players on the team. Oh, my gosh. And they, they lead the league in coaches. So how many coaches? They have like oh, 40 coaches on that That's a good staff. point. Well, I don't know. Do you think that the coaches and the players are going to commiserate if that happens? Listen, if three quarters of the clubhouse have whatever's going on, some of the coaches have that. Yeah, as well. it's, it, I mean, it's inevitable, unfortunately. Wow. But hey, you know what? That is a, 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 a story of triumph over adversity that the Giants were able to get back in the win column and get a couple of W's here. Uh, now the Yankees need to do the same and the Mets for that, morning, uh, that matter. Let's say hi to E on the West Side Highway up next here on 98.7. What's up, E? How you doing? Hey, hey, Gross, I appreciate you. You took my call when I said that the Giants would lose to the Ravens last season, but they, they winded up winning on some good clutch play. Uh, I remember that I call. Yeah, to... sure. I remember you were the one. Yeah, man. Yeah, and I asked about uh, Kafka, the whoever the uh, wide receivers coach is to be questioned about what was happening with, you know, that side of the ball. Yeah, the but good old days. talk about the Yankees. Yeah, yeah man. I'm a, I'm a Mets fan. But this is the first year of my life where I've actually felt like the Yankees were going to have a losing season. Since I've been born and knowing the Yankees, the Bronx Bombers, the name back in the day with Paul O'Neill, you know, all these legends, Tino Martinez winning the home run derby. I like how you talk about Yankee just, legends and the so first good. name out of your mouth is Paul O'Neill. <laughs> I, mean, I don't yeah, even I mean, know if he's the first name in the O'Neill house. That's I remember. He, he had this fearsome approach and this strong demeanor at the plate. I got you. And that stood out to me. But my main point for wanting to talk about the Yankees was to talk about Stanton. Mm-hmm. I think that deal, whatever Brian Cashman decided to do there, set them back tremendously. And Derek Jeter, when he pulled the trigger on that, was probably laughing. So... He knew Brian would do something so boneheaded. Yeah, but you know something? He, I, you're, look, you're right about that, and, and thanks a lot for the phone call. Here's the thing about Stanton, just as a reminder to people, okay? Did the Yankees need Giancarlo Stanton? Absolutely not, okay? Not just because he's been a disappointment since he's been here, but if you go back to 2000, and I'll, I never, I'll never forget, I was on the air that morning. It was a Saturday morning. In, you know, the fall or whatever, the winter of 2017, right after the Yankees fell to the Astros, and then Stan got, gets traded over here, you looked at it as a luxury. Remember, Judge just had the breakthrough season. He was the runner-up in the MVP to Altuve. The last thing the Yankees needed was another slugger. And the reason they took on Stanton is because he fell into their lap. Like, you could point the finger at Jeter and laugh and say, oh, he pulled the fast one on the Yankees, but the Marlins are picking up a lot of that, a lot of that salary. It's not like that's all on the Yankees' books, and they didn't have to pay for a guy who, by the way, was coming off of an MVP season in his own right. You know, Yankees got like a discount. 
And they said, yeah, why the hell not? Now, did it represent the greatest area of need for them? No, of course not. But they said, hey, Stanton, he's going to sell tickets. He's going to sell merchandise. You know, him and Judge, the Bash brothers. Oh, what could be more perfect? Well, how about a guy who hardly ever plays? Stanton's a luxury. Stanton is almost, I got to be honest, he's a guy that, you know, even when the Yankees are healthy and they got their normal lineup out there, you see Stanton and you're just like, well, like, why is he here? It just seems like there isn't a place for him. Like, Judge is that guy. Judge holds that distinction. It hasn't been a good fit. You know, no other way around it. It just hasn't been a good fit. Now, he's still got time to redeem himself, and he's going to have to for the simple reason that who's taking Stanton off the Yankees' hands? Even if they don't have to pay most of the money. Like, what team right now, as Stanton advances into his 30s and is a, a, a less durable player from one year to the next, what team is looking at Giancarlo Stanton and say, yes, that's the guy we need? That's the guy we want. Maybe five years ago, but not now, and certainly not moving forward. All right, 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. We got one more hour still to play with. We'll talk to John Harper in about a half hour on the Mets and the Yanks. We'll get into some Knicks. We'll get into some football as well. Grasa Show for another hour on 98.7 ESPN. Poop Fest on Thursdays. <laughs> 